In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Gospel today gives us a vivid picture of the power of our Savior and the nature of faith. I want to think with you this morning about three aspects of our Gospel story. First, the significance of Jesus walking on water. Second, the actions of Peter. Third, the challenge to us. Let's take them in turn. The story of Jesus walking on water is perhaps so familiar that we can hear it without thinking much about its significance, about what it says. What does it mean that Jesus went to his disciples' storm-tossed ship in the fourth watch of the night, walking on the sea? What it means at a very basic level that's easy to overlook is this simple and very profound thing, namely, that Jesus, our Savior, is able to do the impossible. That is, we have a mighty Savior, a Savior who does what we cannot do, what is impossible for us. Jesus walks on the storm-tossed waves to be with his disciples. He even gives the same power to one of his disciples, Simon Peter. He calms the wind and the waves. In all this, he displays the power of his divine nature. His actions are the very actions of Almighty God, the actions of God the Lord, who is mighty to save. God, who called light out of darkness, who gathered the waters together into the seas, who rules the raging of the seas, as the psalmist says. The same God now walks on water in the person of Jesus. Christ, our Savior, does what we cannot do. He is mighty to save. He is Lord of all. The winds and the waves that so terrify the disciples and toss their ship They do not trouble the Lord. They do not threaten him. Even the winds and the waves obey him. He rules the raging of the sea. He has the power, astonishingly, to calm the sea itself with its wind-tossed waves. Also, the sea of this world, the changes and chances of this life, the sea of our circumstances, even the sea of the human heart, that vast deep, which is perhaps the most astonishing thing of all. We have a mighty Savior. Our God is mighty to save. What that means is that we can entrust ourselves completely to him. We can place ourselves entirely and unreservedly in his care knowing that whatever storms may come, he is able to hold us 
up. As the psalmist says, God is our hope and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved, and though the hills be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof rage and swell, and though the mountains shake at the tempest of the same. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? That's a question in the book of Genesis, where it is a rhetorical question that the Lord asks Sarah. For us, though, it's often an actual question, isn't it? We are sometimes uncertain if X is too hard for the Lord. We must learn that nothing is too hard for the Lord. No human problem is intractable to him. No pain too deep. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. That's the first thing I want to say, that we have a mighty Savior. The second aspect of the story I wanted you to think about is the actions of Peter. Did you notice in the story where Peter is looking? Did you look at the direction of his gaze? Think again about the story. Peter asks Jesus to call him to come to him on the water. And Jesus says, come. And Peter does come, and initially everything goes just fine. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But then, did you notice what happened? The text says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and he began to sink. When he saw the wind boisterous, that is, when he took his eyes off Jesus and looked instead on the wind and the waves, then he became afraid and began to sink. Why was Peter afraid? Because he focused his attention not on Jesus, the mighty Savior, but on the wind, that is, on his circumstances, and thus ultimately on himself. He sees that the wind and the waves are far too much for him, and he begins to sink. He stops looking to Jesus for help and sees only the wildness of the wind and his own weakness, and relying on his own strength, he could do nothing but sink. We can be very much like Peter, can't we? Looking at the waves instead of looking at Jesus. His actions, in this way, give us a picture of the challenge at the heart of faith. He shows us that faith has a lot to do with where we are looking, where we direct our gaze. Do we see only the challenges, the limits, the lacks in our lives? Or do we lift up our hearts? Do we fix our eyes on our mighty Savior? When we do not look beyond the horizons of the self, or when we look out on the world and see only the waves and the wind, then we too, like Peter, 
are liable to begin to sink, slipping down towards despair. If we focus our attention on the damage and disrepair of our lives, it can begin to seem that nothing can change that we are sunk. But that is not so. It is not so. When we look to the Lord and we keep our eyes firmly fixed on God, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, then we will see that by his power, we can, as it were, walk on water. Something the theologian Simon Tugwell says is helpful here. He says, our tragic mistake is to try to be God for ourselves. To try to be God for ourselves. Growing in the life of faith means learning to let God be God. Someone has told me, the job of Savior is already taken. Our hope, Tugwell says, is in God's determination to save us, and he will not give in. Our part is not to shoulder the whole burden of our salvation. It is God who saves. Our part is, as the psalmist says, to be still and know that God is God. Commenting on this verse, Tugwell says that God invites us to take a holiday, to stop being God for a while, and let him be God. Stop being God, he says, and so leave room for God to be God. So, stop looking at yourself. Look to Jesus. Place your hope in him. Let God be God. It brings me to the final aspect of our gospel that I wanted to draw to your attention. That is, its challenge to us. Think again about what Peter says to Jesus. Lord, he says, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now what an astonishing thing to say that is. We might be a little bit hard on Peter because he ends up sinking and has to be rescued by Jesus. But at least he is able to ask that question. At least he is able to get down out of the boat. And in that way, his words are a real challenge to us. How willing are we to ask this of Jesus? Bid me come unto thee on the water. How willing are you, how willing am I, to come down out of the ship and step out onto the waves. In one of his essays, C.S. Lewis speaks of a perennial human temptation. He says, this is my endlessly recurring temptation, to go down to the sea. I think St. John of the Cross called God a sea. And neither dive, nor swim, nor float, but only dabble and splash careful not to get out of my depth and holding on to the lifeline that connects me to the shore. For the Lewis, the temptation is to play it safe with God, to not get too carried away, to stay in the boat, 
as it were. I come into the presence of God, he says, with a great fear, lest anything should happen to me within that presence, which will prove too intolerably inconvenient when I have come out again into my ordinary life. Again, he says our temptation is to look eagerly for the minimum that will be accepted. That is, we are towards God, we approach God like we approach paying taxes. We will pay what we owe, but we're definitely not going to pay a penny more, and we very much hope that the tax rate doesn't rise and that we have enough left over in the end to live on. I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot like me. We dabble and splash in the shallows, careful not to get out of our depth, keeping hold on the lifeline to shore, clinging to the edge of the boat, afraid to fully commit ourselves, not wanting to give up control, not wanting to lose our lives. But our Lord calls us to let go of the lifeline, to step down out of the boat, to step out onto the deep. Listen to how Lewis puts it one last time. It is not so much of our time and so much of our attention that God demands. It is not even all of our time and all of our attention. It is ourselves. He will be infinitely merciful to our repeated failures. I know of no promise that we will, he will accept a deliberate compromise. For he has, in the last resort, nothing to give us but himself. And he can give that only insofar as our self-affirming will retires and makes room for him in our souls. Let us make up our minds to it. There will be nothing of our own left over to live on. No ordinary life. Lord Jesus bids us to come to him on the water, to cast out onto the deep, to give ourselves entirely and without reserve to him who is mighty to save, to not trust in ourselves, but in God who is able to raise even the dead, God our Savior, for whom nothing is impossible. Lord, bid me come to thee on the water, Peter said. And Jesus said, Come, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake will save it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.